Hello and happy August. You're listening to another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast with your host, Madeline Moon. And today we have Dr. Steve Prentice joining us for an excellent episode. We just hopped off Skype and I am so pumped about this that I'm already just putting it together and getting it ready to ship on out because this this episode is a reminder of why this show started because we I originally started this show to help people come back down to earth and get out of all this health obsession and get away from orthorexia and exercise addiction. And Steve Prentice is a great reminder of all of that, bringing us back to this original message of loving yourself, lowering your stress, and just being one with life and enjoying your life. Dr. Steve Prentice, practicing chiropractor and health contrarian since 1996, has spent his career questioning the status quo and challenging the accepted norms. His experience working with thousands of patients over 20 years led him to create what he termed the stress-centered approach to health. And he now leads his patients through the process of restoring their health and quality of life while rejecting many of the restrictive and obsessive health recommendations of the day. In his most current work, Wrecked, Dr. Prentice introduces these concepts to a wider audience for the first time. Wrecked is the book that Dr. Prentice just came out with and exciting news. It is free for you guys. You must go to the link in the show notes for this though. So if you're listening while you're taking a walk or while you are driving the car or while you're at work, I want you to write a little note real quickly in your to-do list to go to my website, maddiemoon.com, go to episode 164 with Dr. Steve Prentice and to get his book. I read this book probably in one or two days. Very fast, very informative, very helpful. So please make sure you get this book while it's free. You're going to love it. I will make sure I also have a link to this in my newsletter today that I'll be sending out to every one of you that is on that, where I also give other goodies and things on a weekly basis. So I hope you enjoy that. I would love to hear your thoughts after you do read the book. But before we head on over to the show, as always, here is the review of the week. This comes from WVLF Child. I love Maddie Moon with five stars. She's just a vibrant woman of so much energy and her podcasts really are an inspiration to help you realize what you're missing in life or a new way to approach life. She is so honest and real, just a wonderful podcast. She tells you what you need to hear, not always what you want to hear. By far my favorite to listen to when I start my day. Thank you so much that, ah, you rock. I just can't even say it. Like these reviews mean so much to me. And I really appreciate it because they know it takes time out of your day to go on over to iTunes and to write a review and to put your thoughts into words. So thank you for doing that for me and for the show. It's authentic, it's real, and it's, it's very heartwarming to read these reviews. So thank you so much. I want to give a warm shout out to my partnership with Beauty Counter. The amazing thing about Beauty Counter, the reason why I am so pumped about partnering with this company is that they're making a difference about what we're putting into our children's bodies, our partners' bodies, our own bodies, and and in the world. They're changing the way the world does products, does skincare, does beauty. Everyone likes skincare products. It's healthy for you. But what happens when the basic rules that are going on in skincare behind the scenes are um, innocent until proven guilty? If there's no evidence that a chemical is directly linked to cancer, there's no reason to stop putting it inside of our products. That is 
their idea of how we should go about regulating chemicals inside of skincare and health. So what Beauty Counter does, they said we don't like that anymore. It is causing cancer. It is causing infertility. It is causing growth hormone issues or hormonal imbalances. So let's change that. It doesn't even matter if you're necessarily buying beauty counter products, but just making a difference in your home by switching out harmful things for healthy things so that you're not having to constantly worry about spraying something on your kitchen counter that is filled with chemicals and it's in the air that you're breathing. So I am partnering with Beauty Counter because I personally love their products. I've been using all their products now for a couple months. Everything from the nourishing cleanser to the exfoliator to the rose mist on my face. They have so many incredible things and all of their products are promised to have 1500 different chemicals, parabens, banned from them. So what you what you're putting on your body, you are certain that it is safe and you know that it's healthy for you. And it might be a totally different arena of health that you haven't even looked at. Um, I also love Beauty Counter because of their branding. It's very clean, white, minimalistic, simple. It's just lovely. So if you're interested in checking out Beauty Counter, if you're interested in purchasing and you want to know what I think the best product for you would be based on what you're looking for, reach out to me. Reach out to me in the Facebook group that I started for anyone interested in skincare and beauty. I will have a link to that in the show notes for this episode. It is called Nourishing Your Feminine, Your Femininity with Skincare and Health. So you can search for that or just go to the link in the show notes for this. If you want to join my team or you're interested in learning some of the best business advice and learning how to build your own business with something like Beauty Counter, reach out to me for that. I am taking on several phone calls over the next couple weeks for people that are interested in joining my team. And I would love to have you fill one of those virtual coffee chats. And last but not least, the last announcement I have is that I have a couple spots opening for coaching coming up soon in the fall. So if you're interested in applying for my coaching, you can go head on over to maddiemoon.com slash coaching. And if you think that around fall time, you would be interested in taking that next step, you can go ahead and fill out an application now. We can get an intro call down and you can reserve your spot for having coaching with me starting in the fall. I would love to have that conversation with you to see if you'd be a good fit for me. And what I would also love is to head on over to this show. So let's go. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Here we are back with another episode and I'm here with Dr. Steve Prentice who wrote the phenomenal book Wrecked. 
I was recommended this book by one of my older first mentors of my life ever, Matt Stone, who was, I think, the second guest on the podcast, maybe the third or fourth. But if you haven't listened to my chat with Matt Stone, I highly recommend you check that out. But Matt is a wonderful friend, very smart about metabolism and taking care of your body. And he said, hey, Maddie, I think you'll really enjoy the work of Dr. Steve Prentice. It's all about metabolism and lowering your stress levels. And that so resonated with me. So after grabbing Wrecked, I read it probably in two days. I loved it and had to get him on the show. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Steve Prentice. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be with you. Yeah, this is wonderful. I'm so happy that you're doing the work that you're doing in the world because you being a chiropractor, I'm sure you see this all the time, people dieting and increasing their stress and ultimately wrecking their bodies in this pursuit of perfection. Oh, yeah, it's it's worse than ever. <laughs> I have been practicing for about 22 years. I started in 1995. And honestly, between, I'd say, 2000, the last 10 years, versus the previous 10 years, it's like we're in a different world, almost. And I don't know exactly, I have my personal <laughs> theories on why that is, but there's no clear-cut reason, but it seems like it's really kind of gone down a road that uh, we, need to, we need to make a U-turn, uh, and that's why I wrote this. And honestly, another reason uh, I, we're talking today is because I, in the first 10 years, I was one of those teaching people to do the very thing I'm begging people to stop now. And I was, I was example number one. I wasn't just a user. I was the dealer, unfortunately. And now, you know, I, I feel like I owe it to humanity to try to talk some sense into some folks <laughs> before they completely wreck themselves. Mm -hmm. It sounds like me and you are kind of cut from the same cloth then because I also had the same exact experience. I used to be this diet coach, weight loss coach, and I was doing bodybuilding shows and eating less and less and less and competing and starving myself. And eventually I wrote my couple books and one of them is Confessions of a Fitness Model. And essentially it's, it's very similar to Wrecked, but you, you provide actual, um, you make it very structured and orderly on like, here's what's wrecking your metabolism. Here's what you can do and sum it up very nicely. Mine's more like, here's my story, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I love it. And, and I, I find that root passion for what you're doing, um, inside of me as well. So I can connect with you on that with having been the dealer and then wanting to owe it back to the world to, to, to take it back and to get everyone back on track. So that's great. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and being a chiropractor? Because I know it, it takes a lot of passion to actually sit down and write a book. So what got you here from being someone who was taking the, the steps to die down and also simultaneously increasing your stress to undoing all that and helping everyone else get back on track as well? Well, what I'm finding over the last several years, and like I was alluding to before the last 10 years especially, is everyone's coming in with remarkably similar stories. And it's, you know, as a chiropractor, I'm, I have a very kind of misunderstood profession. So people show up for all kinds of reasons. And, you know, if you ask three people what we do, no one can get, you ever get the same answer. So it's very kind of nebulous. But so I do get a lot of people for musculoskeletal complaints initially. And then oftentimes it kind of goes from there. But even still, with regardless of what the primary complaint that someone came in with was, 
they all had very, very similar stories. You know, the, they're asking about, you know, the weight gain. Um, no matter what I do, I ask them what they're, you know, what are you doing currently to improve your health? And it's, it was the same thing every time. Oh, I'm dieting. I'm, I'm trying to lose weight and I'm exercising a lot and I'm drinking, uh, you know, a gallon and a half of water and I'm, and they would go down the list of what they've been told is very healthy things to do. And, but there's also a lot of frustration in their voice and in their, in their face because the truth is they're not really getting the results that were promised or at least um, implied. And so you start seeing this over and over and over. And the more we went down that road with people, the more they were coming in with these stories, you know, you start seeing a lot of thyroid issues, a lot of fatigue, a lot of autoimmune disorders. And you start seeing more advanced health problems and anxiety and depression and, and you start to see the picture that, you know, there's a lot of people out here that are struggling and are hurting physically and mentally or emotionally, and they don't know what to do. And, and they've done, and they're trying to do and implement all that they're told to do, and it's not delivering. And so not only do you not get the results from all this effort, but nine times out of ten, what they're told to do is borderline abusive. And, you know, I, I can understand why some people might get might, that might rub some people wrong to put it that way. But that's how I see a lot of the current health recommendations is just flat sadistic, if not masochistic and, and abusive. Uh, and it's not that's not how you get healthy. I mean, we've got it really kind of weird right now. And that's really the, the root of it. And I was there. I not only did I get to observe it in patients over 20 years, I've done it. I've lived it myself. And so, you know, learning from my own experiences, and unfortunately, sometimes that's the only way some people really learn is by living this stuff. And, and so now I'm just really dedicated to see, if, you know, what can we do to start turning this around? Because I, I know darn well it's not because you just haven't unlocked the nutritional secret yet. I mean, it's, we've, we've done about every combination of diet and nutrition that you can come up with. Um, and people are still as bad as ever, you know, as a collective whole. So there's got to be something else. And that's really where I started looking at it, kind of taking a step back, you know, and, and you know, what, what's going on? What could be a possible explanation for why so many people are just struggling so bad, even though we're as health conscious as ever? you know, in our, in our culture, in our society. Exactly. And I think it's very important also to add on to what you just said. Like you probably get people coming in saying, Oh, I'm eating this way. I'm drinking all this water. I'm peeing every 30 minutes, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm not getting the results I want. Right. So that's when you're like, all right, let's dive in. Let's figure out what you're doing. What's going on with your thyroid and your hormones. Okay. So that's a little bit obvious where it's like, oh, you're doing all these things that are, like you said, sadistic. Um, let's help you. But the thing that I think doesn't get as much attention is when someone comes in and let's say they are lean and they do have this dream body and they're doing all those things and they're unhealthy too. And mm -hmm. they're not coming in with the complaint as I am doing all this hard work and not getting the results I want. They don't even really bring it up because they might have the results they want but they're still miserable. And it makes me 
very like I relate to that and I'm sure you do as well because I remember doing all of these things and having the body I wanted it was of course never enough but I didn't come in saying I didn't come seek help to anyone saying oh I'm really dieting down and I should be getting better results I would be saying I'm dieting down look at me I look fantastic but I was still like my metabolism was shot I'm still four years later, like building it up every day, trying to work harder to like raise my heat, my body temperature. But that's what I think is even scarier is when people are doing all of these things and getting the results they want, because then it's like, oh, so this does work. I'm going to keep doing it. And then hopefully they reach a point um, where they say, this is my rock bottom. I don't want to do this anymore. That's unfortunate because normally that comes along with both an emotional rock bottom and a physical rock bottom where your body can't take it anymore, but neither can your heart because you're tired of having to torture yourself. Um, so I say, hopefully everyone gets there in a very light manner because of course it's not very fun to feel that way, but it is good to have those wake up moments where you say, oh, I cannot do this anymore. Oh, absolutely. And you're absolutely right about the um, people that look the part uh, having the exact same issues. Because, look, honestly, and this is one of my, there's a lot of bad narratives out there, I think, that get people into a lot of trouble. And one of them is that you're, you know, as a culture, I don't have to tell you this, we're obsessed with our body size, you know, and smaller the better. You know, unless you're a guy, then, you know, you know bigger muscles the better. But for the most part, you know, if you're overweight, that's that's bad, right? So you have people that come in, and really, your your body size is largely determined by factors that are far beyond your conscious control. You know, you have genetics and heredity and all kinds of stuff. And so, if you just happen to be someone that's just as naturally thin, which we all know people like that, right? And no matter what they do, they're they're just kind of skinny. Or if they're a guy, they're just very lean and muscular, and that's, they don't do anything special. You might look at them, and people assume that they have this puritanical, you know, awesome lifestyle. But, you know, you, you talk to them, and they eat Cheetos at night just like everyone else. It just so happens their body size is, you know, that. And so they may look the part, but you're right. They're just as, they have just as many health problems as everyone else because the assumption is that being overweight causes everything, like all diseases, everything wrong with you can all be tracked down to your body size. And I think it also stems from the fact that we've gone from a culture that that worships uh, drugs and medication as like that's the stairway to health. Right. That's how it was in the, you know, in the past, all the way up probably into the 90s. It was all you got a health problem, medication, better life through chemistry. That's that's the name of the game. And then it kind of started switching and people started getting away from the drugs because of the side effects and the other things that come with it. And the pendulum swung the other way until now it's everything is nutrition. Everything is food. If, you, if there's any problems in your life, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, it's because your diet is wrong. And if you would just tweak it, you can fix it. And the, that's the promise, that's the, that's the false, you know, narrative I talk about is that you have control over everything that happens to you based on what you eat and how you exercise. And it's just flat not right. So if you buy that, that narrative, then you're going to proceed and live your life accordingly. So when, 
you do put all your faith in the in food and diet, nutrient, lifestyle, basically, and it doesn't hold up. Now, what are you going to do? You know, now you're you're sitting in that in the chair thinking, what's wrong with me? You know, I'm I'm fit. I had you can see my abs. You know, my if you can see your abs, your life is supposed to be perfect. That's what I think I hear from the you know the healthosphere out there. And if it's not, then obviously something's wrong. So they'll go down the diet rabbit hole just like everyone else, even if you're thin. Well, I must be having too many carbs. Oh, it must be not. I'm I'm having you know. Uh, potatoes and I should be doing sweet potato. Oh, I, you know what? The problem is there was salt on that almond. Um, so I, I, they got to clean it up more. And next thing you know, they're sitting in a room somewhere, you know, uh, like I jokingly say, you know, eating rock kale and, and taking a spoonful of uh, coconut oil for an indulgent treat now and then. And you're in a really bad place because your health is getting worse and worse. Yet you keep doubling down on what was promised to get you there. And I think, Ultimately, it's because we're looking I, we're looking for love in all the wrong places. We're looking for the answer in the wrong spot. And ultimately, that is my message to patients and people in general. This is so true. I, like, exactly what you just said. We're looking for a, a few things. For some people, it's a sense of control. Um, that's mm. certainly the case for me. Whenever I felt like I was out of control in so many areas the food thing gave me a sense of control. Depending on which diet you choose, it gives you the sense of community. It gives you uh, something to work towards, so like a goal. It gives you something to feel different or special for because you're you're too good to eat tacos on Tuesday. Like you're too rigid, self-righteous. It's like it gives you some reason to feel a little unique and a little special, and deep down, all of us want to feel unique and special. So having this diet, like the culture though, it's not like a diet is what inherently gives us these things. It's that our culture and our society has taught us that a diet will give us these things. And so it's so easy to do. Like you just need to clear out your fridge and put different foods in and there you go. You've got community. You've got a goal. You've got a way to feel unique and special. You've got control. Like you've got all these instant things. But what happens, like your book so perfectly describes, is everything else pretty much goes to shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, so you can have these things that you work towards, but... You, you might you may create a false sense of community with people who don't know you, maybe your Twitter friends who are also doing the paleo diet or bodybuilding, whatever, but the per, the people who are closest to you, the ones that really matter, they're the ones that generally can't get close to you anymore because you can't go to social events or you get fearful every time there's a glass of wine around you or, oh no, he just ate peanut butter and now he's going to kiss my lips. Like, what am I going to do? I need to go brush my teeth. Like, it can get to that extreme level. Like you said, being in a room, like just eating one thing of coconut oil on a spoon because you're fearful of everything else. And if you get out of this perfect box you put yourself in, there's an identity crisis. There is oh, a feeling yeah. of failure. There's like this, if I step out of my box, then this tragic thing will happen or then it will mean this terrible thing about me. My reputation will be ruined and, oh gosh, it's so much pressure and it's just so limiting, so restricting and so terrible just for your health, which is the biggest irony of all of this. Ab yeah, absolutely. And you end up... Just, you end up causing the very thing you were so petrified of in the first place. And most people, if you, if you talk to them and they give you an honest answer, I know I can say this for sure, if, they would trade places with the old self that they were so dissatisfied with, you know, back in the day. You know, they'd swap bodies with that person in a, in a heartbeat. 
you know, because all the work, all the the neuroticism and the obsessing and the hyper focusing got them nowhere, and it, it it caused damage, and it caused the damage they were trying to prevent. But uh, yeah, it's it's just, it's just not a good thing on any level. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I touch on this, but you know, I kind of talk about this more one-on-one with people than I do write about it because I don't, I don't, I'm not a psychologist. I don't have all the answers, but I just have theories. And, and I do think that what we're dealing with here is a, um, an inside problem. You know, I don't know, psychological, emotional, spiritual, however you want to, you know, frame it. We're, we're, we're talking really about that. The diet and the exercise, that's just the, the outward manifestation. You know, like you said, that's the, I, I lack control in my life, my world, and you know, I think we, we are living in a world that is really kind of coming unglued, um, and I'm sure everybody, you know, I'm 40, 47, so I'm sure everybody, you know, my age starts going, oh yeah, when I was a kid, it was so much better, but at the same time, I do think objectively, I think we live in a really kind of a strange time, and one of the things that almost universally stresses people out is when they lose, or when they feel like they're losing control of their world, of their environment, or themselves, or their family. And so that is not a thing that people really do well with. And so they, like you said, you'll try to grab that control back somehow, some way. And an easy way to do it, boy, is that diet. Because you can track, I can count my calories today and the grams of poofas. And I can, you know, I can be meticulous down to a T, you know. Meanwhile, (laughs) there's other aspects of my life that are completely unraveling that I don't have control over that is tearing me up inside. But you know what? We're not going to think about that. We're just going to focus on, you know, whether or not there is um, some gluten contamination, you know, at the Chipotle line today, you know. (laughs) It's, it really is a distraction, I think, and it's a sign that we are, as a people, as a culture, because I can't speak for the whole world, but I think I can speak for, you know, <laughs> the people I live with, and I think we're very, very overstressed. We're very overstressed, and we're struggling, and people don't know what to do with it, and then they go to the internet, and they're, you know, they're looking for answers, and the answer is always, like we said, well, you need to, you're eating too much sugar. You're, you're eating too much, too many carbohydrates. You need to, um, spend more, <laughs> spend more of your day flipping truck tires over. You need to run, you know, 10 miles a day. There's all these lifestyle recommendations that are, that are told and, and the implication is that is what's going to fix you. And it doesn't. I don't care what you look like. I mean, you had it both ways. I mean, when you were at your peak, quote unquote physical shape. I mean, did all your problems go away? <laughs> That's like when they all started, of course. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's not the answer. And, and, and you unfortunately, some people will spend their entire lives re trying to get where you where you reached, right? Where you got it and you realize, wow, this isn't it. Um and then you could kind of course correct. But some people like that just are, you know, some of us are genetically just bigger people and we're never going to have the, the abs and the, in the swimsuit model body or whatever, but they'll spend their entire lives striving for that. Right. And never getting it. And, and it's tragic because they live their whole lives living under the lie that, boy, if I could have only lost that last 20 pounds, oh, what life could have been. And, you know, it's, it's all a big um, mirage. And 
and that's so important to realize is that you know what it's really not about your your diet you know of course if you're i mean i always like to throw this out here if if you're ridiculous then okay you know if you if you kill a case of pepsi and three bags of cheetos before bed every night all right maybe you need to kind of look at that but uh, for the, for the vast majority of people and probably everyone listening right now that's not them you know you, you probably eat a reasonable diet you probably eat like you know, very close to how everyone else does. So, yeah, don't blame all your problems and all your, you know, issues on your lack of discipline, your lack of commitment, and your poor lifestyle. Because there's so much more that goes into it, including, and first and foremost, it's state of mind and stress. Mm-hmm. So what are some of these practices that you say are a little bit borderline sadistic that a lot of people are doing? So so my listeners can be like, I wonder if I'm doing some of these things, like cutting ca- cutting carbs and, and some of the few other things that you listed in your book. Well, the, well, first of all, one of the kind of the ways I explain this to people that are kind of new, because it always kind of blows people's minds when you explain this to them at first, because it's completely contrary to everything they've been told, right? So I tell people, if my goal was to just trash you, trash your health, and just set you up for a world of hurt later on, here's what I would tell you to do. Cut calories, lose some weight, cut carbohydrates, cut out all sugar, um, start drinking a lot of water, and exercise a lot. That's what I would tell you to do. And, And they look at you kind of like... Like I had a big old Labrador, he was 150 pounds, and if you if you opened the refrigerator door and he was asleep on the couch, his head would pop up and they would cock to the side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, whoa? You know, like, and, and you get that look from people. And it's like, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, because that's exactly the recipe to just spiking stress hormone all over the place, is to do exactly that. And so you don't want to do that. Your problem is you're already overstressed. And so you don't want to start adding lifestyle decisions or making lifestyle decisions and start doing things that just cause more and more and more stress. You're just digging a hole. And some of the more sadistic things that people will do. See, it's always, it's never, you know, you just need to um, get, start eating some more vegetables. Get some more vegetables in your diet. You know, something reasonable like that. And you would think, all right, yeah, whatever, that sounds like a good plan. But no, it's never that. It's always, no, you need to do a three-week um you know, okra juice cleanse, all right, where you drink nothing but okra juice, and then the following two weeks, it's just nothing but raw almonds, and you do three coffee enemas per day, and it's got this regiment that's attached to it, and so it, everything turns into, like, this intense Navy SEAL level of, you know, of physical uh, abuse, you know, to suppose, uh, I think it's, you have to pay your penance, apparently, um, you have to pay for your past sins, and uh, or, or it's a, a cleanse of some sort or just um, you have to eliminate basically all your favorites. Right. If you, if you want to be healthy, you got to eliminate grains and, and, uh, and carbohydrate and sugar. So therefore, you're never going to be able to eat anything fun again. So it's just vegetables and meat, you know, and raw nuts, which those are a blast. Right. That's a party. So it, everything, everything just sucks. Every Every recommendation they give you is runs completely counter to anything you biologically want to do. It's always the opposite. And when you fail, which you will, the only people that succeed on these things or that stick with them for any length of time are the most 
obsessive, kind of driven, um, you know what I mean? I'll, they, they probably have some issues if they can stick with this. Uh, or and they won't stick with it forever. No one does because you just can't. But it's just it's just stuff you would never do in a million years. You want you, you need to go out there and you know walk a little bit, go outside and do some activities, get some movement. You know, get some activity in your life, which which is great advice. You know, but no, it's you need to do you need to buy the you know the video the DVD program, the insane one where you're doing an hour and fifteen minutes of nonstop. You know brutal exercise sessions every day with your rest quote unquote day is when you only work out for 45 minutes instead of an hour and you just keep doing this over day after day after day whether you want to or not whether you you can't even walk or not and if you do quit it's because you're just weak or not committed uh and you probably just deserve to you know look like you look or be unhealthy and so that's kind of what i mean everything is just brutal and difficult, and and and, and there, it's just it it once you come out of this matrix and look at it, it's like why does anybody do this? And I say that with all the love in the world because I did it right. But now that I'm out of it, I can look at it and go, what the hell was I thinking? My good, this is how you're supposed to get healthy. This is how you're supposed to repair um, a damaged body. Or a, a, an over fatigued um, spirit is you're supposed to just beat it to death. I mean, it's just a really kind of bizarre thing we've done in this culture. Um, but that's what I mean to answer your question about you know the abuse of you know it's the cleanses and the detoxes and the hardcore diets and the uh, abusive exercise where you have to you know give yourself a Newt Rockney pep talk just to get yourself out of bed to go do it you know, after day four. I mean, this is not how you, you don't beat people into being healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're not supposed to unless you go on something like The Biggest Loser and then you get all this praise and satisfaction when the whole world is like shocked about how amazing you are now. And then you're at home watching this on TV and you're like, oh, well, I want praise too. I think the media has, I mean, not I think, I know the media has just, the, the ability to pull people who are going, people who are on the verge of having a wake-up call and who realize, oh, this is not healthy. I shouldn't be torturing my body. I should learn to stop going to the gym every day. Maybe I could tap into my own intuition, try intuitive eating, let go of having a strict meal plan. But then they turn on the TV and they see a, a star that just has this quote, perfect body and everyone's praising her and she's popular and she gets a guy and then you turn on the next channel and there's something else like big, Biggest Loser and there's just so much on the media that makes it very challenging, even more challenging for someone that's breaking away from that stuff to stay broken up with it because there's these constant messages reaffirming on the media to do it. And then you go on Facebook and then there's this, what, like a 30 day of Whole Foods group going on. And this woman's like, join my group. Here's a transformational photo of 50 different people who joined it last year. And then you look at that and there's this like good body, bad body. And it just gets so freaking overwhelming that I get it. I get why people struggle to get out of this, but you have to remain married and very committed to your health and understanding that a lot of this is just 
marketing schemes, making money, selling products. And some people legitimately are having fun on their challenges and, and doing these things, but that might mean that they're not, they're not quite yet at an obsessive level. And also know thyself because for some people, they can do um, some sort of challenge and, and get on track, but also do it in a balanced way where they don't count calories. They're just eating more whole foods. They're going to the gym and they're not obsessing over it, And that's great. But know thyself. Is that you? Are you capable of just eating more vegetables and going for a walk? Or are you someone that takes it too far? Are you someone that uses exercise and food as your coping mechanism for life? If that's you, then welcome to the club because there's so many of us. And that means that maybe you shouldn't join those groups on Facebook anymore. Maybe you shouldn't watch those shows or invest your time in those movies if you know that's your trigger. Because for some people, food won't be their trigger. It'll be alcohol. It'll be sex. It'll be something else. But know yourself because if food is that for you or weight loss and dieting, you got to protect your heart. you got to protect your sacred energy by not spending time being around the people that are bringing you down and making you feel like you're less than or being around the shows that constantly reinforce that you need to change your body, start moving towards things that lift you up instead of bringing you down and throwing you back into that whirlwind of what you're trying to get out of. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And But hey, <laughs> confession time, you've been out of that for a long time. I have. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, I, you know, I, I, we can teach it, you know it, but I have to admit there's, there are times when the thoughts sneak into my head, you know, where it's like, yeah, maybe I should start backing off on my poofas or my, I, maybe I should just start, you know, doing that. You know, it, it creeps back in because you're right. It's powerful because it's media. Yes. But it's, it's, it's almost beyond that. It's like the media portion of it's the, just one manifestation of the fact that our culture is just saturated with this. And so you go on Facebook and and I'm a big proponent of, you know, I'm not a big fan um, of of a lot of social media. And and that's one of the reasons why is because, you know, it's just, you go on there and compare yourselves to other people in real time. And most of the things you're seeing other people present is complete nonsense and contrived and not even legit. But you assume it's all, you know, true and you try to compare yourself to that. And boy, that person's look how they look. And they they have a really seem to be a really happy marriage and in a relationship and they're thin and they work out together. And maybe that's what I need to do. And and you start, you know, this stuff starts creeping in through your head and it, it worms its way in. And you have to be very confident. You have to reach the point where you see that it's a big lie. And then you have a chance of breaking out of it and you can catch yourself when you kind of start sneaking into it. But the problem I think most people have is that they believe that lie. They believe that, damn it, if I would just stick with it long enough, I could do it. So they won't give up on it until they are taught. That's why, you know, one of the reasons I wrote this thing is because it's like, look, this is how you stress out a body. And you know what? In, on all the years I've been doing this, when I tell people, I'm like, you know what? You know what causes your health to, to decline? You know what is the bulk of the cause? You know why everyone is in the doctor's office on any given day? It's stress. That's what it is. And there's not a single person. I can't come up with a single example of someone that went, oh, I don't believe that. 
you know, they all say, yeah, I believe that. And, and you know, it's, it's funny because I, I have on my intake form in my, in my office here on the back when new people come in, I have throughout the question, Hey, you know, rate your, rate your stress levels on a scale, scale of one to 10, 10 being worse. And I would say probably 80% of every human that walks in here, aside from the little kids, uh, it's, it's eight and above. It's like being stressed out is almost universal. It's almost ubiquitous at this point. And when I tell them, look, you know, here's how stress affects the body. It spikes cortisol and adrenaline. You start living on stress hormones, it destroys your metabolism, it wrecks your thyroid, it causes immune system dysfunction, it causes all these things, and they're like, wow, that describes me to a T. You know, and it and it, it explains so much. You know, I, I'm not completely falling apart in every organ system. You know, maybe it is a central cause. And so stress is really, really what it's about. And once people learn that, and they say, and they make the realization that, wow, maybe stress is the real culprit here, not, you know, whether I don't eat enough, you know, green leafy vegetables, then they start looking at it different. And then you follow up with, oh, and by the way, if you really want to pour on the stress to an overstressed system, cut calories, cut sugar, cut carbohydrate, drink a ton of water and exercise a lot, you know, and then they just look at you funny, like I said. And then once they are armed with that, if, if the light can go on, then you got a shot at or at them seeing, wow, you mean I don't have to do this? I don't have to like live my daily life cracking the whip on myself, trying to get myself to be good and do and do the right thing. And you just see them just like relax, you know? They just exhale. Um and and I think that's a, a key component to getting out of this mess. Um, you either have to stumble upon it <laughs> on your own like you did, or like I did, or someone's got to lead you down that path, which is why I, I just love the work you're doing and, you know, not enough people are doing this kind of work. But I think it's it's going to be growing because the pendulum is starting to swing back the other way and a little more re- of all these, these crazy health regimens that just aren't delivering. I mean, let's face it, if doing all this goofy health stuff that people do actually worked, then everyone would do it. We'd all be successful, and, you know, that would be that. But there's a reason why there's a new diet book every week. There's a reason why there's a new workout program every, you know, introduced. It's because they don't hold up, and you got to find the next thing, you know? <laughs> so um, once you can realize where health comes from and really how to go about turning it around, then it just changes everything. One of the things that you have in your book, like we've been talking about stress, one of the things you say is the most important thing, the most important question for people to ask themselves is, will this reduce my stress load or add to it? I love this. It's so simple. It's so true. Will this reduce my stress load or add to it? So personally speaking, what's an example of how you've done this in your life more recently? What's something, maybe not food, um, or dieting, but what's another thing in your life that you had to come to terms with? Is this going to add stress to my life or is this going to reduce it? Good question. I, I pass everything through this question. I mean, almost without fail. I mean, this is the number one question I ask myself. I don't care if it's determining, you know, do I want to go ride bikes today? Do I want to take on a business adventure? Do I want to just whatever goals and objectives I have? You know, I pass it through this filter. Is it stress 
inducing or is it stress reducing? And I think I boil it all down to I, the, the name of the game in all this is aggressively going after, um, and, and I don't know what word would is best suited. There's not one that captures it perfectly for me, but I think we need to aggressively pursue fulfillment, happiness, contentment, um, as opposed to just picking other people's goals and, and wishes. And because, I mean, if you think about it, we sometimes just adopt goals because that's what everybody else, you know, wants. And you're like, well, okay, I guess that sounds good. I guess I'll do that when really you don't. Uh, and so you, it, there's a little introspection that needs to go on to determine what kind of life do you need to set up to accomplish this? Because here's the thing. It's not just about being overstressed in the moment because a lot of times when you use the term stressed, people think, oh, is there a crisis going on? You know, it, they think back 72 hours and go, okay, was it particularly worse than the previous 72 hours? No. Well, then I'm not stressed. It's not like that. Now, it can certainly encompass, you know, a crisis, but really, when I, when I say overstressed or a stressed life, what I'm talking about is, let's go to the beginning. What's your dominant emotion that you live with on a day-to-day basis? You know, you may not have anything going on particularly upsetting at the moment, but are you walking around pissed at the world all day, you know, because of maybe your past or because of some other issue? Uh, because if you are, guess what? <laughs> that's that's a very negative stress. So you got to like think about all of it. If you go to a, I tell people, if you go to a job every day that you hate and you loathe looking at that dope boss of yours, and you do this every day, good luck. I mean, you're. I don't care what you eat. I don't care what you how you exercise. You are hosed. Um, you're not gonna. It's gonna take a toll on you, and it's gonna be. It's gonna hurt. Um, so you have to be, we have to be willing to look at our lives and really be willing to make some choices and make some changes because you cannot expect your body to perform and expect it to thrive if you are living in a state of just, you know, anger, hostility, frustration. Um, and, and when I say this, I'm not saying walk around in this kind of, you know, this I think of the the Seinfeld episode where, you know, Frank Costanza was running around going, serenity now, you know, just every time he felt stress. You know, that's not enough. That's not going to cut it just to walk around and try to force yourself into positive thinking. You have to really start going after it and, and picking apart that life of yours and figuring out what do I need to do to make get myself in a state of contentment and like I said, happiness, fulfillment, you know, whatever word kind of strikes you as the one. Um, so I pass everything through that. And when it comes to any, any diet, I don't do a lot of regimens anymore. I don't do, I don't really do supplements for the, you know, for the most part. I don't do exercise programs. I like to, I, I like to kayak. I like to hike. I like to ride my bike. Um, you will never see me on an exercise bike or um, a, a treadmill, or 
you know, on a kayak machine. I don't even think they make those, but I could just, you know, I, I was on the, I was on a river like two days ago, just kind of tooling down the river, nothing, big, no big deal, just kind of enjoying nature. And I was thinking, all right, could, how come no one's thought of a kayak machine where you're sitting, you know, in a gym staring at the butt crack of the guy in front of you as you're like doing the paddle motion, you know what I mean, with wires up to it. Like, who would do that? Why don't, why wouldn't you just get in the kayak, you know? And, so I don't do any of that stuff. You know, I just kind of ask myself, what do I want to do and what, you know, is going to serve me, you know? And that's kind of the, that's kind of the approach I take. Now, if you're a little, if, if you're not as far along and you need to really kind of examine what you're doing health regiment wise, then that's exactly how I would recommend people do it. You know, is your exercise program, do you need to, do you need, to crack the whip on yourself? Do you have to fight yourself to get yourself to do it? Because I'll tell you what, I like to hike, ride my bike, and, and kayak. Never once have I ever gone, I really don't want to go hiking today, but oh, i got to do it. It's Tuesday. And, uh, you know, I've never done that. <laughs> you know, but I have done it at the gym when I used to do that. So you got to design the game so that it's fun and you enjoy doing it. Because I and there's one thing that I just blows my mind. It's it's like the the coolest thing I ever. I always suspected that your attitude about exercise would determine its effect on you. I always just kind of assume that. And then I found out there was an actually an actual study on mice where they looked at mice and they let them run on a running wheel um, voluntarily, and they found that their stress hormones went down. Which is like, okay, that's, that makes sense, right? That's what we've been told. Exercise is good for that. But then they took the same mice and they made them run on a running wheel and the stress hormone shot through the roof. So same activity, same everything. The only difference was the attitude of the mouse while it was doing it. And it made the complete difference between a stress lowering healthy thing or a stress inducing, you know, a crisis. So when we're picking what we're going to do today or tomorrow and, you know, you're going to go to the gym and knock it out or do the hour long DVD or whatever you're going to do, you think you need to do, you know, I hope you really have, I hope you really want to do it because if you're doing it because you think you have to and you really don't want to, I don't know. I, I, I could make a case you're probably better off not doing anything. You know, uh, if you're going to do something, you better like it and you better really want to do it <laughs> and that, and not just assigning least objectionable activity on it. You know, I mean, I'm going to go do this because it sucks the least. You know, you're doing something because you genuinely want to. You don't have to set up a program. You don't have to do New Year's resolutions to get yourself to, you know, ride your bike. You know, if you really like to ride your bike. So I don't know if that answers your questions, but I, I think that's the coolest thing because it just sheds so much light on this whole exercise thing. Um, that I think people need to grasp because that's another area along with diet that I think people have really kind of um, really butchered. <laughs> and uh, I think too, there's like so that loving what you do, loving your movement, your um, quote workouts. That is really what it's supposed to be about. It's it's in its purest form. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be play, moving your body, like just being active. That's it. In our and the people that I, I meet, the people that listen to this podcast, a lot of perfectionistic women, there's almost this sense of glory and um, it's not even like a mindset shift. It's more like an instinct 
their instincts urge to be stressed. It's like you find this sense of peace and calm within the stress because you feel like as long as you're pushing your body, you're working your body, you're a good person. That's also another control thing. So switching your entire instinct, not make a mindset shift, but like your instinct from need to work out, need to punish my body to feel good about myself to I want to I want to move my body because it feels good. I hope this makes sense, but I, I like I'm putting myself back into old me and it's like I felt like I needed to punish myself and working out was punishing myself and it made me feel content and happy in this sick way. And then once I finally started to find something that made me smile and I actually enjoyed and I looked forward to going to, it was kind of freaky because then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually enjoying this. So I must not be burning many calories and it must not be that wonderful. So I shouldn't really budget in that much time for it. I need to go on the treadmill. And then, you know, a couple of years later, that voice faded out because I consistently paid attention to the healthy right voice, the real me that said, no, you don't need to punish yourself to feel love, to feel worthy actually do something that feels good in your body. And for me, that was, I have found acro yoga, which is partner yoga doing basically acrobatics on another person. And that has given me just this love for movement and for what one person might consider to be exercise. It definitely isn't to me. It's just art. It's like making cool shapes with your body and using your core to do so and being upside down and it's adventurous and it's fun. So For anyone that's like, oh, but I need to punish myself, like I just really encourage you to give yourself some grace and some compassion because that might not just be a mindset thing. That might be an instinct thing, right? That might just be the way you thought you earned your worthiness or your right to eat food and let that fade into the distance as you throw compassion at yourself and you make the choice to do something that feels good and not something that just is punishment or feels miserable because it will get easier with time and it will become your new instinct. So I am so grateful for this book. Um, and just to be crystal clear, this book for right now is free, right? Yeah, it's going to, it's released on August 7th. Um, I'm not sure what date this will be aired, but, uh, for the week leading up to that, I think starting July 31st, you can just, uh, you can get it for free. Absolutely. Awesome. So I will be releasing this podcast when you guys are listening to it. It'll be August 2nd. So I will make sure I have the link on the show notes for this in order to get wrecked for free. And that's only until the 7th, right? Uh, yes, I believe that. that it's going to be released Monday, August 7th. It might The free thing might be down the previous Friday night or Saturday or something like that. Okay. So. Awesome. Well, everyone better go grab that. Um, I'm so excited to hear people's thoughts because I know if they relate to my books and Matt Stone's books, they're going to love your book. It's wonderful. Is there anything else that you would like to share that's coming up for you before we head on over to the quick fire round? Um, No, that's about it. That's what I've been working on. And uh, I just want to encourage people just to, you know, just uh, take it easy on yourself and and uh, hope you read it and get something out of it. And I'm just very uh, available and open to answer questions. Um, you know, uh, I'd be happy to help. Okay, awesome, perfect. So, quick fire round, just whatever comes to your mind first. And okay. here we go. What would you say are three words to describe you? Uh, <laughs> obsessive, <laughs> uh, sarcastic, <laughs> and committed. 
What did you eat for breakfast? Actually, nothing this morning. What did you eat for lunch? For lunch, we had, let me think, we had uh, a ham sandwich. Yum. Do you have any pets? Not anymore. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with uh, those pets is, you know, the day you bring them home, you've guaranteed yourself a really, really bad, you know, week down oh, the road. Oh, gosh. Okay, next and question. So, oh. I know. <laughs> it's all right. I have a dog, and I absolutely is everything to me, so. Uh, I know. Okay. Brutal. What's the most exciting thing in your life right now? Um, you know, we're transitioning, um, kind of, uh, moving into a different phase of life, you know? Um, so there's a lot of, I've been practicing for full time for 22 years and now I'm going to back it down a little from practice and get a little more free time and, uh, enjoy, you know, that's, you know, you asked earlier, you know, what are some of the things I've done? I've, I've, I took a really close look at my life and determined that, you know what, I don't want to own a home anymore. <laughs> so we sold it. Uh, we, I don't want work as much anymore so i brought somebody in to relieve me so i've made some very very drastic life changes uh all in the name of you know being good to myself and and not uh, and not falling prey to you know what i've been what we've been talking about mm -hmm. this whole hour awesome i love it what is your biggest quality turn on in a partner in your partner loyalty it's mm, a good one who are three people you'd invite to your perfect dinner party? Boy, <laughs> Matt Stone. That <laughs> guy's a trip, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, in a good way. Um, boy, who else? Who else? Um, a guy named BJ Palmer. He's kind of like father of my profession. No one will probably know who the heck he is, but he's a another trip. Um, and Jesus. Hmm. Good collection. Oh, my gosh. Matt Stone and Jesus together in one room. <laughs> No, I'm never going to hear the end of that. <laughs> that would be quite fascinating. Um, okay, two more questions. If you had a movie about your life, who would you cast to play the role of you? Oh, wow. Um, boy, good question. Um, oh, what's his name? Um, I'm blanking on his name. The guy, just he, uh, he, he was Batman. Help uh, me out here. Thank you. Yes. Not that I'm anything like him, but I just think he's a really good actor. I'm obsessed with Christian Bale. He is one of my favorite actors, but it's because yeah, he is the most attractive ever. I love him. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't think that's my pull, but, you know, who knows? But uh, I think the guy is just one of those people I just like to watch, you know? So, you know, he that's must be a, doing something right. That's a perfect answer. If I had a movie about my life, I would cast Christian Bale to play me, too. I get it. I relate. <laughs> Um, okay, last question. Besides Wrecked, of course, what is another must-read book? Um, Diet Recovery 2. I love it. Great book. Yeah. Also by Matt yeah. Stone. So good. Uh, got a, we got a theme going here. Yeah, um, that would be a good pair for people to get both of those books. Yeah, it would. And, and I tell you, the reason I keep bringing his name up and everything else is because uh, – he was a big influence on me, you know, right at the time I needed it, because I mean, I have a backstory that's for another time, probably, but right at the time I needed it, he was kind of that voice that I hoped to be for others. He was that voice that said, you know, you don't have to keep doing this. <laughs> and I was like, really? You know, and, and it was 
just the right voice at the right time, and it just lit a fire in me that I've run with, you know, years years since. So that's why I keep, you know, bring I I, I count him as a heavy influence because mm-hmm. um, he did make a big difference in my life. Yeah, it, I, same for me. Like it sounds like literally he was a catalyst for me. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, I, I think that word works there, but he was a big catalyst for me when I was finally getting out. And he also was that voice of reason. Like I remember emailing him just being like crying for help basically. And he just responded within the next hour, just like this big chunk of text being like, here, here's how I can help you. And then eventually he became my mentor. And then I worked alongside him and then I worked for him for a bit and then back to being mentor and like mentee. And like, he's just such a wonderful guy. So yeah. Look what he's done. He's created all these little children spreading his message. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast for episode 164. This was wonderful. And I know so many people are going to learn so many things from you. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Everyone, make sure you download this book while it is still free. I will have the link on the show notes to this episode, episode 164. So definitely go get that. Um, You will learn so much from him. I love this book. I flew through it. And I know anyone who is struggling with diet in any kind of way, exercise, this is the book for you. Um, While you're there, if you haven't downloaded my free audio guide for Pillars of Femininity for Perfectionists, you can do that there. I hope you all enjoy it. And I'll see you guys very soon.